What's going on, Dunkaroos? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential <laughs> Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Knoxville, Tennessee, I'm Dan Ray. Ah, we're in a new locale, is that right? We have. We have moved four hours to the east. Uh, we are uh, we are hotel podcasting, is that correct? It, yes. So in any glitches you um, you hear, any problems with the Wi-Fi, can be directed straight to uh, the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Knoxville, Tennessee. I will make sure to uh, let them know how little I think of them. Actually, they're fine. They're fine. They're good. Fairfield, that's a Marriott property, right? It is a Marriott, yeah. And, I, and I, um, I'm a big uh, points owner on Marriott. And, uh, and, of course, companies buy and so I do what I can. You know they're run by Mormons. Yes, 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 yes. My father used to be in business with a member of that family. There you go. Yeah. Always a Book of Mormon next to the, uh, the old uh, Gideon's Bible in the right. uh, nightstand. That's right. Would have given us a whole different uh, Rocky Raccoon. If uh, it's true, only to find one. the Book of Mormon. <laughs> that would have been quite a different song. <laughs> it would have been. What, actually, uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite things of all time. Um, right around, I guess, when I was in high school, they released the um, the Beatles anthology, uh-huh. and there was an outtake of the recording of Rocky Raccoon, which was very loose. I remember this. It was acoustic, right? It was just, it was just, uh, but it was like an early. Yeah, early it was, take. it was, it was a take. But like, yeah. I think he uh, said the doctor walked in schmanking of gin, and then in the take was like schmanking, schmanking. It was, uh, yeah. I still have fond memories of that take on Rocky Raccoon. That's good. So. I played an acoustic gig this weekend. Um, nice. Kind of had a pickup, last minute kind of deal at a place that was less than a mile from my house. Uh, it was from six thirty to nine thirty. Okay. It was uh, two hundred bucks plus tips, and Sweet. I was, you know, in and out before ten p.m. Gotta love that. Um, and you know, because it was close, we I sent. I had never done this before, but my um, my neighborhood has like a homeowners association Facebook group, and they were my direct marketing nice. because they were the people that were going. You know, they were close by, and yeah. So I had a table of about ten people show up and sweet took care of things. And um, I wanted to add a couple of things, some things that I tried that I felt worked pretty well. Now, previously, you had mentioned that doing acoustic gigs, you were like debating on whether you would have a set list or how you would kind of navigate the evening. Yes, yes, I have, I have pondered that. I, I think I have it resolved myself, but, but tell me what you do. So what I opted to do was, now I, I primarily spend my time um, taking requests because that's the easiest way to um, get people to pay you because you right. ask for something, they ask for something and you give it to them and then there's an exchange there. Um, the, the thing I'm still trying to figure out is the best way to distribute my list in order to kind of prompt that exchange. Uh, but in the event that no one participates, I'm kind of stuck to staring at the list. Ooh, what am I going to play next? So um, in my iPad, you know, my sacrilege device that I use to put all of my song charts in, um, I, I created a, a, a playlist called Tonight. And it was basically songs from my list that I thought were interesting, uh, that people wouldn't necessarily pick, but that I was going to 
perform when um, selections were not coming in. Yeah. So it had a couple of new songs that I had never played before, just to kind of like, you know, break the seal on them, and um, also some some other tunes that like people would enjoy listening to but wouldn't necessarily pick. So um, that kind of kept the downtime and the dead air to a minimum, and uh, people seem to be pretty pleased with that. The other thing that I um, I did was when I handed out song lists, those song lists do have the QR codes for my PayPal account and my Venmo account. Yeah. And in this particular instance, I made literally triple the amount of virtual tips than I did in cash tips. Nice. So if you are doing these kinds of gigs and you do not uh, include those pieces of information in your materials, uh, I would highly suggest doing so because I would have lost, uh, I would have left a lot of money on the table uh, by not using that. Yeah. Do you have your iPad set up to um, notify you when you get new PayPal and Venmo money? No. Um, and See, that's you could you could shout out. You could say thank you for that's virtual true. tips. And that would what that would do is goose more virtual tips. So what I was trying to figure out, um, and and this was more to do with my configuration, is I had put the iPad on a uh, on a mic stand using some hardware. Um, if I had brought just a proper music stand and put that on there. I also could have put my phone on there and I would have gotten those notifications. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that you always have to be concerned with when you are at some venue is whether or not you have Wi-Fi access. Uh, and in this particular instance, I did not. So that would have um, prevented me from doing so. Gotcha. But that is a good, that is a, uh, a good note. Yeah, if you can holler out, hey, Sarah Smith, thank you for that uh, virtual tip. Appreciate that. Yep. By the way, folks, notice the uh, QR yeah. codes at the bottom of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, for real. Yeah, it's very cool. So that's what I, uh, that's what I did. The other thing that I did uh, as of today is I launched my agency. Yes, you did. So um, a couple of years ago, I was trolling URLs, which I have mentioned many a time on this podcast. And found that ATL party bands and ATL wedding bands uh, were URLs that were not being used. So I bought them. Very good. And um, have kind of been sitting on them. They've actually been redirecting to the members-only website uh, up until this point. But I, um, I bit the bullet and went to Squarespace and built a site. And uh, it went live today. Very nice. So the, the general idea is that um, this agency will definitely promote the projects that I'm currently using, um, but also implementing things like rentals for uh, sound, pro- sound production and um, also you know using other artists and you know being an agent basically and booking them as well. So even on gigs that we are not technically playing, I can still you know make some money off it. Yeah, uh, I felt like it looked pretty cool. It did. It's, it looks great. Yeah, it looks really Shout great. out to Squarespace for uh, making, designing really pretty websites fairly easy. Yeah. So if you are curious on what that's uh, what that looks like, go to www.atlpartybands.com. Yeah, it looks nice. And um, you know, as I as I looked through it, I noticed um, a bunch of things that we have talked about that you have contacts for that you you can now claim you can get there. Yeah. You know, the, the DeLorean and the photo booth and the Video game, stand up arcade games. You know, you and I've talked over the over the year here, almost coming mm-hmm. up on year, about you knowing people who had that. Even though, so you know, so like obviously you can help book those guys if there's demand, and 
you know, becomes part of the service you're offering. And it's really, really smart. Yeah, and those things were on the members-only site. But, you know, the thing that we have, you know, become aware of is that not everybody's into a 90, an 80s party or a 90s party. So, you know, make it as broad as possible. Make it as general as possible. Because even if you don't want vintage arcade games, maybe you just want arcade games. I can do that. I can provide yeah. those um, because I already have the vendor contacts. And, um you know, I I don't just have uh, ends with the with a DeLorean owner. Um, I also there's another guy in the area that does other movie cars, like the Batmobile from the OG um, Tim Sweet. Burton Batman movies, Sweet. and the General Lee, and you know, fifty other things. So it, even if you didn't want an '80s bin, I could get you the General Lee and a Leonard Skinner tribute with no problem. Love it. So um, you know, it was just kind of broadening my scope. And um, hopefully it, you know, it produces stuff. It, you know, creating a website and putting it out there doesn't necessarily guarantee business, but it's the uh, hopefully the first step. And, and the thing that if I have learned anything in this whole process is that um, making something tangible is the first step in, you know, achieving success. Yeah, it's not the case that if you make it, they will come. But it is the case that if you don't make it, they won't come. Yes, it's that shipping is a feature like we had talked about in previous exactly. episodes. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, patting myself on the back on a bunch of stuff that's going on. That's good. You had a less than um, productive weekend uh, musically, is that correct? Well, it, you know, listen, it all came out in the wash. So we had a show uh, booked on Saturday at a place in downtown Winston, kind of an anchor uh, location in downtown Winston. We played a bunch of times, and it's a, always a really fun time. And... Um, that was Saturday night was when that was booked. And on Friday, a person there who I did not previously know um, contacted the side, the Facebook page by messenger and said, I'm you know, so sorry, um, the woman who used to book there is no longer with us, uh, presumably still alive, but not, you know, working there anymore. <laughs> um, and we've double booked. We've double booked for this night, and so we have to cancel you. That sucks. Yeah, it does. And, um, and um, you know, so I did the professional thing, and I got in touch with her right away. She left me her phone phone number, and I called her, you know, literally 15 seconds later. And um, just was, like, understanding and fine and, you know, professional. And we love playing there. I love to work it out. You know, it's, you know, what we'd love to do is book a bunch of dates for the rest of the year and just have it be, you know, sorted out. We don't have to worry about it. And she, yeah, 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 really sorry about that. She was driving. She couldn't. Um, I looked back, her message was clearly dictated by a computer. Um, uh, and so she asked me to email her dates that we had, and she'd get back to me on Monday. And, um, you know, but what happened here, though, highlights some of the core absurdity of our lives <laughs> as, as gigging musicians, you know, because. Um, you know, the woman who I was talking to before, she was a manager. She was a restaurant manager. And when we were in there on Saturdays, she, she was never there long enough to hear us play, of course, because they never are. Right. Um, but, but you know, we'd come in before set up and eat there. The food there's really great. And so we'd have dinner and the whole family and all that stuff. And I'd see her just buzzing around being a manager, being a busy restaurant manager in a busy restaurant. And um, she got that job because she was a really great waiter. <laughs> right? Yeah. She didn't get that job because she had any skills at managing people necessarily or because she had any skills at um, 
leadership or any skills at building a schedule. And certainly, relevantly to us, she didn't get that job because she had any background or skills or anything as an entertainment buyer. Mm. Right? She didn't necessarily. Now, look, she had been there a while and she actually had some chops at this. But the thing that sort of came clear to me this weekend is, you know, these manager people who it seems like they hold our lives in their hands. Man, they're 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 not. This is like a sideline for them. Oh, they, we're, we're not even like a, calling ourselves a blip on the radar is being incredibly oh, egotistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not you know that's being rude to blips <laughs> and radar <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. You know, um, and and even if even if we are important to them, you, you have to understand who you're dealing with. There may not have the organizational skills or the. Um, contacts, you know, I'm actually helping uh, a new bartender who's newly taken over booking at the bar that I do the trivia at mm-hmm. with, with contacts. They've had solo acoustic there stuff that just never produced for the bar, never made the bar any money. And who was there was that bartender who, the old the old guy who used to book, who's not there anymore. Um, it's like him and his buddies playing their solo acoustic stuff through one amp in a corner of a big, loud, crazy bar. You know, that like, it just wasn't set up well. It wasn't curated well. It was sort of a favor to the musicians to have them come play. It wasn't. Yeah. It just wasn't good. And so I've connected her with like the top players in town and and told them all. You know, here's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make it into something and put it every Friday again because the owner had backed it off to every other week because there was no point in doing it. Even it was generous of them to even do it every other week. Um, but you know these bookers don't. They <laughs> don't know. Uh, you know somebody probably told them a hundred dollars a man. Right, so that has stuck because that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just it just really it, it just really hit home how you know the 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 older woman was out. She was she's not older. She's the the former woman, and the new woman's in. And her first her first act, rather than looking at the calendar and seeing what was there, was to just double book everything that she'd ever the other woman had ever booked. She just went ahead and double booked it all because you know somebody told her to book acts. You know, and so now she's scrambling around trying to clean that up and. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just it's it's uh, we just have to understand that it's fundamentally amateur hour. It just really is, and and making that you know, this is the complaint that could launch a thousand Facebook threads, um, but it's just the really the, the reality of it. Now, here's how it worked out. Yeah. The the you know, she said she'd look and get back to me on Monday, and in fact, she did get back to me on Monday. She got back to me. <sighs> This afternoon at 12.41, and she offered us three dates between now and the end of the year. Okay. That I did that we didn't have on the calendar. Well, Saturday was the only date I had with them prior to this. So, you know, all's well that ends well, and uh, we're going to have a great time with those three things, and Whitney here is going to work it out and understand how this all works and have, you know, I have every faith in her, but, you know, it's just kind of a thing we got to gotta know is that um, um, if there's going to be professionalism in the relationship, sometimes we're going to be the ones bringing it. Um, and that means being the bigger person when things don't go our way, and it means um, standing for things working when somebody's trying to put something together that's not standard or not how it's done, or um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to stand up and apply some maturity and professionalism to the business, which um, you know often is not in long supply. So yeah. Anyway, that's my you know that's my rant about that. Yeah, I mean. Even if you're not in the bar scene, it's it, you're still a lot of times an afterthought. Oh yeah, um, and it, it, it's it's so much so that we, you know, whenever you get treated like actual talent, it, you're almost 
taken by surprise, right? Yeah, totally. Like, wait, no, we're not being treated like caterers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad everything worked out. You know, that could have gone a lot of different ways, and I know that it was disappointing, you know, especially in the moment. Yeah, it was a bummer, but, you know, all things come out in the wash. All right, so... It is time for us to pick back up on our uh, our vocalist episode. The yep. uh, the first episode went over very well. People were very uh, pleased and kind of switched on with you know what we were uh, what we were talking about. So uh-huh. um, we can just kick right back into that, and we will do so with the opening question, which is. Um, so did we talk about... Well, yeah, no, we, we didn't really cover this. Uh, what is your process of learning a new song? Do you try and emulate every single inflection? Do you take liberties with most slash all of the songs? Huh. What do you think? Do you, you know, um, I find myself unconsciously doing impressions mm-hmm. when I'm singing, and it's not... I usually don't intend to, but um, I was just now prepping a song for uh, um, the trivia I hope none of my trivia goers are listening to this because <laughs> I'm going to say what song it is. Um, so this week's trivia is classic rock, and I'm going to do the first. Um, well, I'm not going to do all 40 minutes of "Thick as a Brick," but I'm going to do the first little bit. And um, and I was just playing some of it here in the hotel room, and man, I found myself doing this Ian Anderson impression. You know, I just, I just can hardly do the same that without going. Really don't mind if I set this one out. You know, it's like it's a part of it for me. Um, and so, um, you know, I don't necessarily try to emulate every single inflection. There are always things in songs that I'm playing that I love, and I do try to include those because I feel like other people probably love them too. Yeah. Um, but I don't go out of my way to learn every little twitch of a song. Yeah, I, I think there is um, there's definitely a place for, for that. And yes. there are certain things that you should definitely uh, weigh into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, as again, as a, as a person who's trying to sell the, the recording, um, I tend to be pretty granular, granular on sure. those kinds of things. Sure. So like when we were doing, um, uh, she blinded me with science. There's a couple of things where they're not even vocal parts, um, or, or parts of the melody, but like right before he does the second half of the second verse, he does the syncopated, <clears throat> <clears throat> That's a part of that <laughs> recording that people remember. Yeah. Whether they that knows. Uh, 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 yeah. 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 During the um, yeah. kind of the turnarounds. Yep. So yeah, I mean, there's there there are. Um, I feel like there's always going to be signature parts that are worth putting in there. Yep. And um, I think the main question, and, and this was coming from Ryan O'Leary, who uh, has a very Irish name. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is very close to St. Patrick's Day, so we should we should definitely yeah. Shout you know, out to Ryan. O'Leary. Shout out to Ryan O'Leary. Um, he he was asking a lot of those questions. The main thing that he was kind of I think curious about, and the thing that he was kind of dancing around with the questions, um, he did email us uh, after the episode. And he was like, I'm a baritone, so on a good day I can hit about an A4 full voice. Uh, yeah. And a lot of great songs are out of my range, so I transpose it down a key that is comfortable to sing. Or, um, so, you know, that's, that's definitely something that you can do. And, and 
we were talking about transposing up or transposing down for certain reasons. You know, if you're playing heavy music, if you tune it down a little bit, it sounds potentially heavier. Um, And a lot of the times, if you're looking for alternate takes on a particular song, you should just Google or search in YouTube of live versions of the artists doing those songs. Sure. Because nine times out of ten, on an off night, or if, you know... They're three months or four months into a tour. They've been messing around with those melodies. Yeah, or if they're 30 years older than they were when they recorded it. Yeah. Um, a good example of that is I was listening to XM, and they were playing the uh, Celebration Day uh, Led Zeppelin uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. And um, they were doing – I'm trying to think of which one it was. Oh, it was Days and Confused. Um, and the melody that Robert Plant chose to do was completely different from the record. I mean – yeah. Because that was, I mean, Days Confused was released in 1969. Yeah. Uh, Robert Plant was a wee lad at that point. That's right. So trying to replicate that almost, well, no, literally 50 years later is is probable, but not always possible. And so he did what he does really well. And it was different. Yeah. But it was still Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same when I saw Fleetwood Mac. Stevie Nicks took a bunch of things lower and different than on the recording. I'm trying to think of because uh, uh, now Christ, Christine McVie sang every note exactly as recorded. I so can I just say that like I'm I'm a super like I know everybody has a crush on Stevie Nicks because she's Stevie Nicks, but like Christine McVie just I don't know she does something for me. All right. Look, uh, I don't, I don't judge, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the even like going back to the chain, it was, I think it was on PBS this past week. Um, you know, the, Stevie was taking liberties for stuff, but man, Christine McVie is just on fire. Yeah, she's amazing. And she, I mean, it was note for note from the record. Yeah, like they, her take on "You Make Love and Fun." Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. she's she's crushing that that piano line, and just she's just got a really. I, I don't know. I really dig the tonality of her voice, um, whereas I don't always love the choices that Stevie Nicks makes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think Stevie's songwriting is very evocative. I think she's um, an amazing performer. Have you ever seen her live? Uh, I have not, but um, Fleetwood Mac played in Atlanta last night. Actually. Oh, really? They did. That's cool. Well, I, I will tell you. I mean, she. She. Um, it's very few performers I've ever seen put an entire stadium in the palm of their hand the way she does. She no, she's got something. Yeah, I just think that a lot of times she get you know Christine McVie gets overlooked because. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably fair. And from Chris, uh, yeah. and from Christine McVie's point of view, uh, you know, if I'm being you know just objective. Christine McVie is objectively a much better singer and musician yes. than Stevie Nicks is for sure. You know, so the, I don't know. They, it, there's, there's, it's two sides of very different coins. But yeah, I, I respect the hell makes, out of a Christine McVie part, for sure. Part of what makes, what makes Fleetwood Mac so broad and interesting a band, you know, is like the diversity of voices in it. Yeah. So for All sure. Right. Next question. You you got this one? Do you stick to the harmonies in the original song, or do you add your own? The answer is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, the song that comes to mind as you ask this is um, 
Royals by Lord. So um, the way we do that is my co-frontman sings the lead on it, and I hit uh, um, all of the harmonies with the uh, uh, TC Helicon Voice Live Three harmony pedal. Yeah, and um, and we do it kind of as recorded, but then there are places we do add to harmonies when she drops out to just her own voice, especially as the song builds. We um, we've kind of turned it into a rock tune. Um, I play it with a uh, with um, the whole thing on my wah pedal. So yeah, we kind of made this little riff in it. So it's it's a tune that we're very much making our own, and we build it bigger than she does. And part of that is we've added a bunch of harmony. Um, I'm basically singing a whole harmony line along with Justin um, through the whole last piece of the song. So you know, I think I think it's fine to do that as long as it's one of those tunes that you're making your own. Um, Otherwise, you know, I I think if I were if I were I'll go ahead and answer for you, Adam. I think in Adam's Adam's shoes, if you're a band that's more about the precision to the recording, you probably wouldn't choose to do that. Yeah, I mean, I we're not quite as I don't know. We we can be fast and loose with certain things. We definitely add. There are definitely more harmonies um, that we do in our songs than are necessarily there. And sometimes there's more and sometimes there's less. Sure. Uh, it's just a matter of being able to find the, the whole, the whole point, uh, at least my mindset has always been try to find, if you can't do something better than what's already there on the record, then don't, don't bother. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Been don't, my, don't, Im- don't improve on it in a way that takes away from it. For right. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Less is more a lot. M- most of the time. That's really true. If you can do a two-piece harmony where the original has three or four, the audience won't care. It's you know, it, you're evoking something. You're not necessarily right. you know performing it note for note, unless that's your deal. In which case, yeah, get those four singers who can do it. And, well, but but if you can't get it four parts perfect, then you're actually taking away from yes. from the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a band do, um, they opened their second set with Seven Bridges Road in two-piece harmony. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just wasn't right. Right. It just wasn't right. It just wasn't, it wasn't it. It was pretty. It was the harmonies that they'd had were nice, but with that thing is so darn iconic in its four-partness that you just, you couldn't, it, did, it, wasn't, it wasn't it. Yeah. Like, our drummer really wants to throw in uh, Kyrie by Mr. Mr., Wow. Okay. And part of the reason why we haven't done it is that those harmonies in the uh, in the chorus are just there. It, it that's the whole song. Yeah. No. And nobody knows any of the verses. It's really just a chorus song. Yeah. So you know those things have to be a hundred percent perfect every single time, night after night, or it, there's no point in doing it. Right. You know we we had tried to do uh, anybody you want it by Journey. And that first chorus is the intro, so you come in dry a cappella. Yes. We had a couple of times where it didn't land right, and just you want to talk about setting a, uh, oh, yeah. a bad first impression. You know what? Um, band I used to be with did Carry On My Wayward Son. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we worked that a cappella opening in rehearsal so hard, and it never once worked in performance. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up using it as a mashup piece. We ended up coming into it from... Uh, don't fear the reaper. I think mm. um, similar chord pattern, and then we just so we just we were into it and suddenly without having to deal with that acapella opening. Right. So we found a way around it. But but yeah, boy, if it 
when <laughs> when it's not going right and you've sung the first phrase of it and you know you got four more phrases to go, ooh, that's not great. Yeah. Um, we, my old band did carry on as well. And again, getting nerdy, uh, dream theater did, uh, something from a live record called the big medley. And that one started with in the flesh by pink Floyd. Nice. So you do the first verse and then when it kind of ends on that big open E, then it kicks in the gun, 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 bah, and then you come in on that part that you were talking about, the battle down, down, and it goes from there into, um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Nice. And then it goes into a Genesis song, but we skipped out of that. We did those three in a block and then we went on to Sweet Emotion. Oh, good. So there's always, yeah. you know, creative ways of moving stuff around. So Pretty yeah, good. I'm trying to think of other examples of harmonies we've added. Um, uh, you know, we do um, Some Kind of Wonderful. Mm. And we play fast and loose with those harmonies too. Um, partially because it's, you know, not a song. It's kind of been a song, song that's been thrown around the cover band world a long time. Yeah. And, and it's really easy to do your own version of it that's, you know, close and good. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of the things that we have thrown in, um, again, if you go through, I, I'm always a, uh, a big fan of being uh, a student of the live versions of the artists that you're covering. Sure. That's typically a really great resource for finding uh, alternative takes or um, just different parts or m- melodies and harmonies that you can uh, glean from. Sure, sure. You know, the most different... Um the artist who does things the most differently live versus on the recording that I can think of easily is Sting. Yep. His live stuff is, um, you know, he does a live Roxanne that's acoustic and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of great things that he does live that are, that are very much, you know, departures from how he laid it down. Yeah. Um, when we were, when we were working physical, by Olivia Newton-John into our set. Um, uh-huh. I found a version that she had done maybe less than 10 years ago and it was like acoustic with like an orchestra and it was almost, it was a samba. Huh? And, um, I had sent it to the guys like, Hey, listen to this. And they're like, what is this? Like retirement rock? I was like, nah, man, this is, <laughs> this is Cialis optional. Yeah. Cause it was like vocally, she was just crushing it and it was kind of sultry in a way that that song really wasn't. So if um, if you're bored, go on YouTube, look up uh, Olivia Newton-John doing physical, uh, I think it was in Australia. Fun fact, uh, her touring guitar player is Andy Timmons, who is a complete beast. Um, huh. But that's, you know, just like Nuno playing guitar for Rihanna, like that's his, you know, that's his moneymaker. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, man, if you can get those gigs, more power to you. Absolutely. All right, speaking of gigs, next question. So, how does a singer who is relatively weak maintain confidence and credibility in the uh, in their performance? So this came from um, one of the other uh, listeners that was directly to the um, the Facebook page, and I think what he was saying was, you know, hey, I'm not a professional singer. This is something I just do for fun. And he sent me. Well, actually, he told me what the band was, and then I looked them up, and I think what he was. I think there's a there's a certain misconception on what m- does and doesn't make a singer good. 
Um, you know, in my case as a singer, one of the things that I do that is unique is that I, I have a very well-pronounced upper range. And I think for a lot of people go, well, I can't sing high, so I, I can't sing good. But what I heard was a band that um, had a very well-curated song list, and um, the material that they chose played to the strengths of their vocalist. Good. So it wasn't bad at all. But I think what he was saying was, I was like, oh, well, I can only sing these songs because I can't sing the other songs because of X, Y, and Z. But the, w- one of the things that I've always, I've always said as a musician is that, um, you know, if, if you know, know your limits, know what you are good at, and, and be aware of the things that you aren't good at. And if you can play to your strengths and you can live in that wheelhouse professionally, people will give you, you know, I guess I would say more credit than you think you deserve because I've definitely been offered gigs that I didn't feel like I was worthy of uh, just because I know what to play or what to sing and what not to play and what not to sing. Yeah. Uh, an example of that is, is I got a text message this week uh, for a nationally touring uh, tribute to the band Chicago, offering me the uh, Peter Cetera placement. Sounds like fun. Uh, it would be if I liked Chicago, right? Which I do not. Right. So um, I you think you could make him. You could make him just play twenty-five or six to four all night. Right, no, I mean, I would be singing You're the Inspiration, basically. Yeah. That would be my, my big yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Um, and I'd be playing bass to boot, a 12-string, no less. Wow. So I thanked them profusely for the opportunity and the offer, but it w- I told them quite plainly it was not a good fit. Um, I also don't know how on earth I would have pulled off a gig like that, but, right. you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. And talking yeah. about, you know, playing to your strengths and doing things you're not comfortable with. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of learning a bunch of material and doing guitar solos that I've never played before and feeling like I am not equipped to do so. Uh, yeah. Well, and well, so th- this is the thing. Like, you know, so the question is really about confidence. Yeah. Right? It's not really about skill, per se. It's, you know, how do you, um, how do you, experience and project confidence. And um, I would say that I just said those in the exact opposite order of the way you do it. Sure. Right? First you project confidence and then you experience it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would caution you against hearing that, like, fake it until you make it. There is a way that you can stand on stage with your knees shaking and your, you know, hands shaking and appear like a rock star. Yeah. And you know, that takes some practice and it takes some faith in yourself. It takes doing it a couple of times and getting good feedback. Um, you know, very, very few shows do I ever walk into, um, without some level of, I mean, I don't ever really get stage fright anymore, but like some edge of like, maybe I don't have this. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of trepidation is healthy because it keeps you humble and it keeps you kind of in the moment. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have 
I haven't really considered myself a quote unquote lead guitar player for a number of years. And um, what I'm working on right now are guitar solos by Neil Giraldo, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, was like the lead guitar player of the 80s. You right. know, he he was um, he was in Pat Benatar's band. And when he wasn't in Pat Benatar's band, he was recording solos for other major artists in L.A. Uh-huh. Um, and it just so happens that the two that I've really got to dig into are um, Hit Me With Your Best Shot and Jesse's Girl, which were both recorded by him. Nice. And for better or worse, um, he's got a unique uh, style, and it's going to take some time. So I've got the solos, like I've, I, I, I know the notes, but now it's a matter of playing them to speed and playing right. them with precision. And I've got two months, basically. It's The gigs aren't until the end of April. But I, I took the challenge seriously enough that I've started working on them in February, and I want to make sure that I do them as well as I can. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, we had talked about in the last episode, like, you know, be afraid, but be afraid and do it. Yep. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, good. Good. And that's, you know, that's what a frontman has to do. So I, I think the takeaway is um, play to your strengths. You know, if you if there's a song you want to do and you're not quite sure that you've got the notes in you, don't. Don't try and go outside of what you know you can do consistently uh, and do some research. Figure out other ways to do it. Like one thing that I was trying to do is because of this acoustic gig coming up, there were a couple of songs I really wanted to try out. Um, so I, one, of the, one of the things that I really enjoy doing are playing um, female songs with a, you know, in a male key. Yep. Um, one of the ones that I, I, didn't get to do, I didn't get to do but I really want to try out is uh, Sia's Chandelier. <laughs> and if good. you if you go online there are so many examples of men singing that song and i mean it's a powerful song and it's powerful in the delivery and, and yeah. you have to have something behind it in order to sell you know what what the lyrics are saying yeah and i think it would be a um it could be a focal point of a performance if uh if handled correctly i just didn't really get a, a good shot at shedding it you know the song that I like that's um, similar, um, different era, but uh, I love playing You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Mm-hmm. I really love that song, and I love belting it, and it's just, you know, it's fun. It gets good looks from around the room, like, yep. what's, what's this guy doing? Um, yeah, nothing yeah. bugs me more than people changing pronouns in songs. Yeah, just sing it. Just If you're a dude and it's about a man, just sing it. it. Sing it. Yeah. Sing it being about a man. Yeah. It doesn't make you, it doesn't change anything about you. It doesn't change anything at all. Other than, you know, it shows you being insecure about singing about whatever you're singing about. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of changing pronouns. No, me neither. So, uh, the next question is uh, kind of frontman 101. How does a singer or front person keep the banter and repartee flowing and original when the bandmates begin to grow weary of the material? The answer is, who cares? <laughs> if, the band, if your bandmates are tired of hearing what you're saying, that means that you're performing enough that um, they have the opportunity to grow weary of your canned jokes. Yep. Yep, and if they um, don't understand that this is a show, then that's um, a problem that they're having. Yeah, I mean, how many... That's kind of the running joke is wherever you are, 
the the singer says, well, yeah. "This is by far the greatest city we played for." Yeah, what's up, Cleveland? Yeah, yeah. You know what's um, up, Steubenville? That's right. At the end of Roger Waters' show, every every show, he does the same little speech, and it includes like this line is. Uh, there's a lot of love in this room tonight. Yeah. And the room goes crazy, right? And I've seen, I, he did that when I saw him live, and um, he did that in three videos. I think I've seen it in different cities, you know. And, um, you know, they, well, here's another thing. So um, Justin and I do a rap battle in part of our show, and it's become sort of a set piece. It's become, you know, really popular, and we've worked hard to evolve it. But, um, we do some acting in it. We we kind of we we act like we're doing a rap battle. You know, I know what he's going to do next. He knows what I'm going to do next. The order of it's all worked out. But we sort of play it like, you know, we're surprising each other. Yeah. And um, we have some people who come to lots of shows and have seen us do it a bunch of times, and like they understand what it is. They understand that it's a performance piece, right? It's not, you know, the first time around it might be, you know whatever they, they get that it's a piece of theater yeah and 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 all of those things that you're doing as a front man are but you know none of it needs to be complicated it's completely fine to say everybody having fun tonight yeah you know what up you know corner bar yeah i mean the i don't know i mean it's a shtick and, and yeah it, you know if you're a touring musician it's easy you just say the same things over and over exactly, exactly. um but i remember when I was doing original music, there was a band that we played a lot of dates with, and it got to the point where, like, we could we could like we could say their banter because it right. was every single yeah. every single gig. It was like, "Welcome to the Church of Rock and Roll." I mean, it was like this whole thing, and they yeah. they had little singing parts that they did in between songs, and it was just always like, but it was well oiled. It was it was mm-hmm. it was um, it crafted was, it was, design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean the the question that he had kind of put in I was like you know there's a lot of angles to take on how how to fill up that time you know for all intents and purposes your job as the front person is to be the MC you're you're you you're the stand up comedian basically so there's lots of stuff you could do you could tell a personal story uh do some crowd work um you know just make sure you sound like you're having fun Yep. Because if you sound like you're having fun, people get that. So even if it's well rehearsed, you can still have fun with it. Um, you know, one of the things I in in any time you can be kind of I guess unique or uh, creative in a in a moment and it cracks your you know your bandmates up. That's a good moment to have because it shows the audience like oh like these people enjoy each other. Yeah. So like the last public show we did, we did Africa. And as the song was like, literally like as the song was about start to start, I was like, here's a little song from a band called Weezer. Yeah. And literally the, as soon as I said Weezer, the first, the first hit started and everybody cracked up because they were expecting me to say Toto. Right. Uh, but as we all know, um, Weezer released their Teal album and it yep. is full of covers of songs we already play. So, um, Yeah. So uh, I have the issue of, for better or worse, my wife is in the band. Um, So I like running my mouth. It is one (laughs) of the liberties I I take with having a microphone. Um, 
very few of us have the feedback loop on stage with us when we say stupid things. Yeah, I have to wait until the morning to hear about <laughs> yeah, what I'm I saying. don't. Yeah. I do not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, listen, I mean, that's the, other, that's the other thing that this question sort of implies is that the asker is catching grief from his bandmates about the stuff he's saying on stage. And um, I, if that is what's happening, that's, I find that uncool. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, you know, if the guitar player is complaining about what you're saying in between songs, like, what, what, what difference is it for you to be like, oh, you played that same solo line again? Yeah, learn another riff, buddy. Oh, you're really gonna play the the solo to Back in Black just like it is in the record? Yeah, really. What a what a bold choice! What a what a brave <laughs> stance you're taking! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, <clears throat> I think that's um, if that's going on, it's uh, just it um, it bears addressing, right? It, you and know. and you know, I, the, that may not actually be what's happening. That could just be you know a perceived. Sure. Thing. Listen, and especially especially if that's being asked by the same person who's concerned about being relatively weak and needs to maintain confidence, like you know, it might feel to you like your whole band is rolling their eyes behind you when they're completely not. They're right. fine, you know. So again, confidence. Yeah. Even if it's the even if it's the thirtieth time you've said this joke, confidence. Yeah, I mean, work through it. I stole a joke from a band that I really love um, one time. That was um, I've done it two or three times, and it makes my whole band roll their eyes, but I yeah. don't care, which is this, uh, uh, have, you know, something to let you know, here. the Clanky Lincolns is an alcohol-free band. We will happily drink any free alcohol that you send up here. Yeah, it's a great one. It's not, but I've done it a few times, and it never fails to get us drinks. Yeah, I mean, I, my mine one is the we're still members only. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, we do that one too. In between every song. <laughs> And then other stuff, it's like there's always something weird that happened on the way in or, you know, just tell a little story. Be yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, although the best thing to do is to have no time between songs. Sure. So. But, but sometimes you got to take it, you got to change a guitar out. You got to sure. do some tuning. Sure. Sure. You've got to, uh, you know, put another pair of pants on because you crapped yourself. I mean, there's so many things that you could happen. rocking it so hard, you literally rocked your pants off. Yeah. And all of these things are possibilities in, in the evening. Yeah. Yeah, and you do need to be prepared with some banter material. Well, that wraps up our, um, our front person forum, I guess. There's a ton more we could say, but... Um I think I like what we've said here so far. Yeah, I, I think we, we covered all the high points. And again, if if you're if you're listening and something kind of shook loose and you're like, oh, I have a question about this, just email us, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on the Facebook page. Um, a lot of people were taking advantage of that uh, after listening to the episode. Um, that is what we are here for. We are still here to be a resource for you. We are still Cover Band Confidential. We are still Cover Band Confidential after all these years. And i got to think, we are getting real close to our one-year anniversary. It's coming up fast. Um, you know, no need to get nostalgic or wistful at this point, but it might be something to get nostalgic and wistful for in a week or two. 
We'll do a clip show or something. Nah, that involves me doing a bunch of editing. I don't see that happening. <laughs> That's right. And then you'd have to, have to find all those sound effects. Yeah. Gosh, Adam, you remember that time when we talked about... Nope. No, that sounds like a week's worth of work that I just don't <laughs> it does. have. It does. It does. We've, we've dialed in the production of this to where, you know, Adam can slap a bumper on either end and put that sucker up. That's Yeah, that's the intent, at least. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's always nice to get an episode out early in the week. It gives you guys time to, you know, listen and absorb and maybe give us some feedback. So um, thank you for tuning in. And uh, that will be it for us. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And provisionally from Knoxville, Tennessee, Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 44. Have a great week. <laughs>